Hi, I'm Maria Theoharis of Della Sows on social media. Welcome back to Server 50 podcast on So Organized Style. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. On So Organized Style podcast, I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay respects to the elders past and present. Thanks for joining us on Server 50 podcast on So Organized Style. So over 50 intersects with all communities. We're a community that is so over ageism. I know listeners really enjoyed last week's episode with Marcia Lois Riddington. So much so that So Organized Style reached its 1.5 million downloads. I'm really pleased that's how many people have listened to these podcasts and know more about the Sober 50 community. Today's podcast is number 350. That's another milestone. Our guest is Ruth Collins or Ithaca Maven on Instagram. Ruth has developed the top-down centre-out method for fitting pants, which Tamasa on Instagram most recently has been showing us in the Sober 50 community how she's been applying this method to her pants fitting. Tamasa is a very skilled sewist, so I'm really pleased that, Ruth, you could come onto the podcast today so that we can find out the history of the top-down centre-out method, go through the five steps, and then talk about how top-down centre-out is a great method for mature bodies because we've got curves and we embrace them. I'm so thrilled to be on here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really excited. Ruth, I think it's amazing that we can get together and talk about this because you have been doing a lot of work in putting top-down center-out method on your Instagram account now. So what's your Instagram account called? So my Instagram account is Ithaca Maven. I've done a lot of stories and there's been posts sort of explaining the method. I really wanted to make it transparent as possible and clearly explained. The other part of it is that the method, just simply the method is written up in a Threads article, which is in the recent issue of Threads, issue number 218, which is out on newsstands right now. Many of us have learnt various methods for pants fitting. How did you develop the top-down centre-out method? I wanted to have pants for myself. Also, I wanted people to have success with pants fitting so they can say adieu to fast fashion. Now, I'm not naive because not everybody is making their own garments. But for everybody who does, there may be at least 10 other people who will have a new respect for what it takes to make a garment, you know, from the fabric to the construction. And this kind of clothing literacy is so important. But we have to get over that fitting is a part of making garments for oneself. And people, you know, so for multiple reasons, often you want better fitting garments and the selection available to ready to wear. Now, I had sort of had a problem. I think I had nearly every book or audiovisual English language instruction available for the hobby sewist on the topic of garment fitting. I found that much of this instruction didn't really deliver adequately. And so I started to wonder, what would a, a new approach look like? Would there be such a thing? Could we develop such a thing? So I had to sort of really take a step back and think of why wasn't some of this advice not working? The things I came into consideration, I felt that some of the advice didn't take the overall architecture of the garment into account. So pants are fitting 13 different body parts from the torso all the way down to the hem. And they have to sort of do so within fairly narrow parameters. So I always sort of liken this a little bit like if you have like a crumb cake and you're putting this coating of buttercream on it, it's actually quite 
technically challenging to make it thin and really even all the way around. You can obviously slap gobs of onto it and that's also easy. You know, so that would be like a lot of ease, but you have these body parts and you want a small amount of ease, nicely distributed in all these different areas and you want a lot of body movement. That's what I came to understand. That was the real challenge of pants fitting. And taking the balance of all those combined pieces into account was very important. So if you make an adjustment on one piece, how does it impact the whole architecture of the pant? The second point is I thought a lot of the advice was lacking accuracy. It was too sort of vague. When people say, oh, I blended from this to this. You know, where did you blend? How did you blend? You know, what was really going on? A lot of it was not really transferable advice, especially for the person fitting solo. Some of the garment fitting advice people were getting, I, I felt was sabotaging the garment design. So for example, you know, sometimes in pants, there's so many different designs. You might have a crotch curve that nestles between the two parts of your rear end, you know, it's sort of more sexy looking, or you might want a, a flatter rear end, you know, like your advertising message goes here, where you put pockets on or something like that. So some of that is really dictated by the grain and the fabric design. And so I really wanted pattern alterations that really respected the design of the pant. And some of the advice also, the biophysics of body mechanics that you wanted to take into account for fitting. And some of it was also relied a lot on reading the wrinkles or the stress lines. Now we all know that the wrinkles point to the problem, right? But that's a chicken and egg situation. Like there is a problem, there's wrinkles. How does it tell us how to resolve the problem? And the reason why it's not as obvious is because in three-dimensional space, you can resolve the problem a number of different ways. There's no right way or wrong way. So which way should you go? And many different issues with fitting would cause similar wrinkles. So it wasn't necessarily a reliable indicator for fit. And sometimes in the resolution of these wrinkles, it comes up with sort of these very body part adjustments which no matter how neutral they're intended to be, often conveyed a sort of a negative message. Yeah. They do. Yeah, some of them were sort of very mysterious. And it, it was just too mysterious. And so I, I said to myself, you know, what, what would really be needed for a new approach? And it would have to really be able to be performed solo. You know, some of these guys, they would say, you know, oh, you can do it alone, but it's better if you have a buddy with you. That's not realistic, I felt. And so this approach is really centers the experience of the person who is making for themselves. I say it had to be robust and reliable. It had to be able to be used by all bodies. That was obviously really non-negotiable, you know, really reliable. It had to be transparent and clearly explained. That's why I've really put a lot of effort on my Instagram account to really explaining how, what to look for, how pants patterns work. And so that we can really understand what we're doing and get off the struggle bus. And this is really, uh, I sort of started to now describe this method as sort of like pants fitting therapy. Because of the diversity of body shapes and different patterns, nobody can really tell you exactly what to do. Some of the fitting advice is kind of very, it's sort of like coaching. Um, but I felt that so a therapist is providing a framework for you to establish a productive relationship between yourself and the pattern. This method, I think, doesn't tell anyone what to do because it, that would be impossible, but it provides these guidelines so that you're empowered to form the relationship between your body and the pants pattern. And uh, so, so basically, um, you know, I said to myself, well, well, what do we have as sewists that is really 
uh, how are we going to get to where we need to go? I think Instagram is great for that. I really love the server. 50 community because people are very open and refreshing and they talk and they show and they discuss what they're doing. And that's a huge body of knowledge, actually, that is really accessible to everybody. And what was very interesting about that is I could see that people who had very different measurements would often have the similar fitting issues, which I sort of came to understand that a lot of it is the shape. It's like how shapes change proportionality as, as well as absolute measurements. So that was really wonderful. So is sharing information. And then we also have fashion and patterns. We know that in fashion, they have solved the problem of pants fitting. Like um, in fashion, they have really solved how pants fit. So I got a lot of information from really looking at past fashion and really good examples of fashion, actually, particularly from high-end department stores, because they often have little videos showing models moving around in the pants. And then in the sewing community, what I realized is we had really great patterns. We had commercial patterns, and some of these commercial patterns were made by people who were also had successful lines of garments. And the classic example I always give is Tomatsu Toda, the Japanese-American designer who made pants for Hillary Clinton. And, and she, but she had beautifully fitted pants. So it was actually possible and believing it was possible. When I was really struggling to, to f figure out all the, how it, all these factors would play in together, <laughs> I, at one point I had um, car, I, my friends would come around to the house and I would make cardboard cutouts at their rear end, you know, to sort of try to figure out how does this all work? How does it come together? So then I came together with this top-down center-out method that anybody can perform by themselves. You have a graphic uh, that you're going to put on, on the website, five steps to this method. And so we'll look at the five steps now. Five steps for your pants and the first step is to start off with your waistbands. In the first step, you're going to fit and construct a mock waistband. My strong recommendation is the first time with this method is you try to find a, a quality pants pattern with a straight waistband. And the reason I say straight band, it's easiest to fit and construct. And you can do that all in one piece. You could also do it with a contoured waistband. You don't even need a waistband. You could fit the waist facing. There's a lot of flexibility here, but essentially what you're doing is establishing the top line of the pant and how it fits on your torso. Torsos are very variable and how people like their pants to fit on the torso. And it's very personal, but it's also very important to establish that for the fitting. You can't just uh, shortcut that procedure. It's really critical because that waistband essentially is your fitting body. And then when you get onto fitting, it's basically the marriage of the waistband with the pant leg. So the mock waistband, would you also put the closure on that as well to make sure that it, it all works well? You can practice construction. You're maybe practicing your what kind of interfacing you're going to use to keep it stable. Yeah. Um, I know some people have made it this mock waistband where they've put clips or buttons on. That's all I was thinking. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I myself have a variety of waistbands at home. Sometimes you have different waistlines. You might, for an elastic waist, you might like it lower or wider. For a contoured waistband, there's different horizons in your torso. Yeah. So I, I would say the more effort you can put into this stage, the better it works out. And certainly a lot of the times where 
pants fitting didn't quite work. It's like when you came to the end and people would uh, add on the waistband and all of a sudden they thought it would fit, but it didn't fit. You're not going to have any surprises like that with this method. Okay. So let's go on to step number two then. Step number two is you prepare your pattern. And this is a process where you decide on your size and you essentially prepare the pattern perimeter for fitting. At this stage, you're not getting to a closer fit with your pattern preparation. You're essentially preparing the pattern, the architecture of the pattern. You make it slightly bigger, in fact, so that in the fitting process, you can map the design of the pattern onto your body. When you choose a size, you're choosing the crotch and inseam size. It's kind of like a unit. So all you're doing essentially is selecting your crotch and inseam and the shaping elements that go like the darts or the pleats that go along with your crotch and inseam. So you're just selecting that part. The outseam, it's like a fence. You can have that fence closer to your property or you can have it further away. When you prepare the pattern, you put it a little further away to give yourself room for the fitting to occur. So you're essentially making a slightly bigger version of your pant leg. And the great thing about having a multi-size pattern is all these lines are there on the pattern. So you can pick those lines along with their associated notches. So you know that you're getting everything to match up. And at the same time, while you're doing this, you're kind of looking at the design of the pant. You're seeing how all the different elements that come together for shaping. It's very helpful because you, you know like how much ease there is in the pant and how the ease is generated by the design. Okay. So then what's the next step, step three? Step three is you make a half pant. This is just a front and a back. That's it. You make that as accurately as possible. One of the issues with the pants is that because you can take fitting in different directions, when you're fitting yourself, there's a natural tendency to come in from the side and it's loose. And so you start sort of tightening things up from the side. But as you do that, the center seam, which is your crotch seam that is hanging there, can get pulled to either side and then it gets sort of straightened and then that generates sort of the flat rear end. If we're going to avoid that and keep the ease in the back of the pant all around the pant, having that center point not anchored really helps you to keep that ease. So the half pant is really important. The other thing that the half pant does, it enables you to really see what's going on with the crotch seam and you can balance between the front and the back of the crotch seam. So yeah. you can get the inseam as far forward as you, as you can possibly go while you're integrating all those different elements, how they map onto your body. And so it, essentially fitting is a compromise between all the areas of body. I mean, everybody has a mosaic of sizes the pad itself has to compromise between all these areas in order to keep the design, if that's what you want to do, if that's what you want to keep the design. And so this is a way that you can, you're seeing what's going on and you can get that fit. So you make your half pant. Yeah. And then step four. So step four is how you fit your half pant. You put on your waistband, which is already fitted, check. check. And then you start to fit. And this is, uh, why I termed the whole method top down, center out. And that's how you fit the pants. So you're fitting from the top downwards, which is a classical method of fitting. Like everybody knows that you, know, you start from the top and you work your way downwards because of gravity. Yeah. And you start from the center. Essentially what you're doing at the first is you're just fitting your crotch seam 
and your inseam together. Okay. You don't even really technically need your side seam to be sewn anywhere than just at the hem, just to sort of keep it together. But yours, and you could have those pieces flapping around. All you care about is getting that crotch seam nicely positioned and the inseam hanging where it should, where it should hang, right in the center of the body. And then you can play around with adjusting the, the vertical dimensions of the crotch up or down. And you might come back and retweak that, but you, you get that set into an initial position. Okay. Once you have that set, you move outwards and you're so essentially tidying up your pant by adjusting from the top again, upwards or downwards, from the center to the side seam. And then your final part uh, fitting is to edit the side seam. Okay. Every combination of pant is variable. And one of the things that people say to me is like, well, why don't you do more measurements of your body? And then you adjust the pattern. There's actually really no need. And it also makes it less accurate because any time that you cut up your pattern, you're losing accuracy. So you want to keep the pattern architecture as balanced as possible, right up to the moment where it meets your body. And then your body and the pattern have a, a little dialogue so they can establish a productive relationship. And that's keeping within the style that the designer had made that pattern too. Exactly. Yep. Perfect. Okay. And the final step, step five. And the final step is to transfer the adjustments back to the paper pattern. And I know that people say, well, in a professional atelier, you would, you know, press out your muslin and use that as your pattern. Let's be realistic. Most people sew at home are just sewing with whatever, you know, you can find that has some old sheets. So going back to the paper pattern is a nice way to check that everything adds up. Like when you made those changes around the waistline, Mm-hmm. of your pants pattern does it match up to the exact dimensions you established for your waistband you know so it's a really nice way to check and if it doesn't match up then you might want to go back and because your toile which is a sort of it's a messy process sometimes it's a little iterative like I myself do it in like 10 minute bursts because it's, it's hard to be like half naked and futz around in front of the mirror and make all these decisions and be objective so you know I do a 10 minute burst put it away decide you know, did I like that iteration I yeah. draw the line on and then I go away and come back to it another day um, when I can just check and make sure I'm happy with it. So it's a really nice way to establish if you're going in, in the right direction. And what I really like about this method is that after that, you can be quite confident that you can cut out your fashion fabric and you can construct your f- fashion fabric. At this point, you're not putting in extra seam allowances at all. And you can be confident, like you don't want to be like, I don't know, putting in the fly front and then have to redo that. You just don't. No, you know. no. And it's not like in the final fashion fabric, you won't have to do a little bit of tweaking. You know, often you do because it, it will behave differently to the muslin fabric that you use for your twirl. But generally it's all within the seam allowances. And if it's more than that, generally it's going in a little bit more on the out seam. Right. Especially like when you're wearing clothes over a few days, it, it does all relax. And palm sewers, I think, tend to underestimate how much it's going to relax. It doesn't matter if you go a little bit tighter than you think you need so that you can hit the zone when you come to making your pant. Thanks for going through the five steps of the top-down center-out method. I think the last part that we wanted to discuss was how this method is ideal for mature bodies. Right. And it gets us back to 
when we're looking at pants, what is good fit? There is no such thing as the perfect fit of pants. And the reason that there is no such thing as the perfect fit is because you're moving around so much. You've got to be able to move. So there needs to be ease for the movement. And also your body dimensions are changing when you stand up, when you sit down, as you move around. We all need pads and it's possible for all bodies. So the good fit is when you feel that the garment fabric is wrapping around your body in harmony with your body. You feel good. The grain of the fabric is appropriately manipulated. You have the appropriate amount of ease. And our bodies are quite sensitive. So if like, there's too much ease in the torso versus the leg, you know, we can really sense that you need the garments to perform robustly because you're moving around a lot. It's covering very sensitive areas of the body. And there's also an aesthetic element to good fit that is a little bit more subjective. Like, for example, an elastic waist pant, it could bunch up in what you might consider to be the wrong place. That's right. But if you have a fitted, tailored pant, the darts are controlling where that ease is located. So the elastic may be more aesthetically sloppy compared to the garments with more controlling elements. So that's where I think your knowledge and your know-how, what you're looking for in good fit really makes a big difference. Now, when we say mature bodies, actually, I, I love the other day, like you were telling me about it's over 50 chat. Yes. And there was Mike and Molly's house and she defined a mature body as a body with history, which great definition, a vintage attraction. And I thought that was really nailed it because, you know, what are the themes of a body with history? And there's some universal themes and there's some individual themes. So one of them is that our bodies are subject to gravity, right, which reduces stature. Always. But in terms of fitting, that's the vertical distances between circumferences. So it's smaller. The fabric has less distance to sort of go in different directions and it wraps around the body. And then the other universal element is the asymmetric use of our arms and our hands. You know, are you left or are you right-handed? And in fact, one of my favorite party tricks back when we had parties was, you know, I could go up to people immediately and say, oh, you're left-handed. And they say, oh, why? How come you know that? I'd say, well, I know that because I sew. <laughs> and so you see that, that your shoulder is going to be slightly forward depending on whether you're left or right-handed. And the other aspect of a mature body is the sort of that balance of soft and firm tissue, particularly on the, on the torso, which you've already discussed, like exactly where you want the top of your garment to hit if you have a pant or a skirt. And so it impacts that choice. So it makes it more personal. How your history plays out depends very much on sort of your personal preference here. I think the good news for this, as I said, there is no such thing as the perfect fit, but particularly a mature body needs a quality pattern. So it needs a pattern with elements that allow for the fabric to transition between these different areas. With a personal use, with your individual personal history, those body elements or those body shapes will shift relative to each other. I'd say shift relative to each other, but shift from let's say a dress form depending on your posture for example your legs may not be exactly aligned vertically underneath the torso directly so as that garment goes on your body that fabric has to kind of you know it says okay let's change direction a little bit as we go down the leg so in order to have that you need a quality pattern with elements like darts that allow you to have that control. 
And I think this is some of the misunderstanding about pants. If you say, oh, well, my rear end is small, I don't need a dart. That's where you can start to run into problems because you actually do need a dart. It's not the relatively small or large size of your rear end is a circumference issue. So we've already dealt with that when we selected, when we prepared the pattern, but you need that dart simply to sort of help to organize that fabric to move around the body. With mature bodies, you need careful attention to the distribution of ease, and you have to be aware of the need to compromise between all these different body parts. So with this method, you can play around and you get to the best compromise. And I find that kind of relaxing because one of the things about fitting pants, you know, people uh, in the sewing community, they'll put up a post that say, well, next time I'll shave this off or scoop this or add this. And, you know, so we're, we're never really sure, did we get to that perfect fit or not? I don't want people to be second guessing themselves. So look, I played around with these different iterations and I found that if I want the pat to be very closely fit, I'm gonna to have to compromise a little bit on how big the waist is so that I can sit down. <laughs> for example, and then you can be satisfied with that fit. The other part of this method I really like, if at the end you don't get something you like, you know the reason why. You could say, I found out that I do not like a waistline to be that high on my torso. And sometimes because the paucity of ready to wear that's available to us, we've kind of become accustomed to the feel of ill-fitting clothing. So when we have, let's say, a high waist, we're not really used to that feeling. So we have mm. to wear it a few days before we decide, is that for us or isn't it for us? With this method, you can get to that point and you could decide, I, I did it. I tried it for a few days. I, you know, it really wasn't for me, but now I know that I'm going to look for different patterns or something like that. And that brings me to the other element about fitting mature bodies is a, a sort of a design solution. So I, I'd rather, rather than sort of, some of fitting is actually design. And the analogy I have here is the OXO peeler, you know, the vegetable peeler that was developed for arthritic hands. Now, everyone can use and enjoy using that peeler. It's more inclusive because it's better designed. Design solutions like pants with darts and pleats are really the elements to look for to be more inclusive of a diverse range of bodies. And the final thing I would say to people is with this method, you can fit any design onto your body. And there's a misconception, I think, in the community that there's a, such a thing that you can get to a single crotch curve and then you can use that in different patterns. And with this method, you can have different crotch curves for different designs and you can try out those designs on your body. And so it's, I'd say that it's I go open up a new world and where you can figure out more what you like and we can have more conversations about design of pants and pants fabric so that we know that we can take control of the fitting process and transparent and knowledgeable way. Ruth, thank you so much for telling us the background of the top-down center out method. The five steps, where to find you on Instagram, which is Ethica Maven, and for people to read Threads issue 218. And more importantly, all the variables that we can use top down center out for our bodies that are more mature. And as Molly said, has lots of history built into it. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, your body is really a, a beautiful landscape and fabric is like water. So you're kind of creating the route for the fabric to travel through the landscape. And so I, I really, I hope everyone can try this out and have great pads. 
and continue the conversation about using top-down centre-out method to create pants in whatever style you want to wear. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Ruth. And it's great to see you again and hopefully we can talk soon. Thank you so much. To learn more about Ruth's top-down centre-out method of fitting pants, make sure you follow Ruth on her Instagram account, Ithaca Maven. Ruth will answer your questions and Ruth will continue to provide up-to-date information about this pants fitting method that she created and shares with her followers. This means that any articles or online reviews not written by Ruth won't have the latest details about this pants fitting method as Ruth refines it. So stay in touch with Ruth on Ithaca Maven. This episode for Sarah for 50 podcast on Soul Organized Style was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Ruth Collins, sound by bensound.com. Listeners, if you want to provide a guest post for Sober 50, make sure you direct message Judith and Sandy at the Sober 50 account on Instagram. Also, keep an eye out for the next So 50 Live event that Bird and Molly are hosting. Remember, these Sober 50 Live events will always be available on the Sober 50 account. You can subscribe to Solga Nice Style Podcast, but with an S not a Z on all good podcast apps. Make sure you go back and listen to our free So Over 50 podcast archive. And if you can, consider supporting the production of this podcast on Patreon so I can keep producing it for you. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.